Are you familiar with the um the story of the judgment of King Solomon? No. Okay, well this might not work, but it's a thing where have you ever seen the John Mulaney special? No. Then are you familiar with who John Mulaney is? Vaguely. Have you watched any of his stand up specials? maybe not that i can explicitly remember uh does the special lady friend like stand up sure yeah yeah i think i i think you guys should watch um the comeback kid he, uh it's it's a very good netflix special and it's it's a crowd pleaser and it's only an hour comeback kid anyway so, the, so king solomon it's a story from the bible where um two women are uh contesting uh who is the mother of a baby and then uh the wise king solomon uh suggests the way to um determine who is the rightful person is to cut the baby in half and the way he, the reason he does this is because it means the real mother is the one who would not agree to that somehow this was supposed to relate to the imac and that the, <laughs> tim cook is king solomon but he took away the wrong lesson from the story I'm not really, I'm not really sure what just happened. This made way more sense in my head. So mm -hmm. I'm I'm going to unpack this. And I don't and I and I do think this is still a worthwhile intro. Do do we need to cut this or no? Is this, no, is, no, this is, this is, is not problem okay. this is not problematic. No, or, I didn't or, mean it that way. I just Okay. No, no, this this this, this still goes somewhere. So I, I, I meant like more like is this is this good or not? But Oh, it, these are never good. Okay. Uh, can I can I give can I give you some insight into this if if we're going into my private <laughs> please, folder? Please do. <laughs> if we're going into my private folder of what were the alternatives to this, okay. we could have talked about the KFC Cheesa. All right. And wanna, do you know what that is? I I, I want to tungle that and come back to it. I'm not familiar with that, but I'm interested. Uh, or we could have talked about uh, Mr. Bucket. Do you know what that is? Mr. Bucket? No. Should I cheat and Google search it or no? I think you should Google search both of those. We'll circle back another week or this also might just die. The the, the other alternative was we were going to talk about how shitty toys were as a kid. Because it used to be a thing called Mr. Bucket, which taught kids how to use shapes. And it was a bucket that would spit um, like squares at you. Mr. Bucket. Mr. Bucket commercial longer version on YouTube. Huh. Oh, dear. Oh, I yeah, I... I actually do vaguely re remember this. Yeah, it's it's a, it was a, it was a bucket that would like just walk around your living room, kind of like a Roomba, and would spit shapes at you. Huh. Okay. Well, yeah, it, 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 toys sucked when we were kids, but that's why I went <laughs> with King Solomon. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's. Okay. We'll we'll keep the cheese up for something else. Jeez. But I pro I I prom no no save it. Okay. I do promise that uh, the King Solomon thing is not problematic. But what is problematic? Is the studio's life racing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so we're just we're just getting straight into it. No, here. no, we're, we're going to get back to it. But I, I, I'm still mad. I, I forget. So I, I was away for um a little while last yeah, week. And that's why. I, not, I mean, not not to get too like sappy on you, but tough week to have my guy who I normally bounce the T word stuff off of away, especially given so much of the news was like so highly relevant to you. I, I just, I was. And I, I and I knew that you also were you know purposefully staying away from that stuff, so you didn't even know about it. So for I don't know four or five days there, I was just ugh, it's a lot to it's, a lot to hold in. It's fine. I remember taking my phone out of airplane mode on like Friday afternoon after being offline for quite a while, and I got and I'm like Ryan never texts me. Why why is there a picture of a like of a of like a dove as a text message? I was like, what is this? 
And I hadn't been to TechMeme or Apple.com because I was very much happy to not know. And then I found out. But mm-hmm. we'll get back oh, you, to I mean, it. You, you asked for a carrier pigeon, and that, that was the best no, I No, I meant do. you actually do something. <laughs> um, I'm still angry about our conversation where you don't agree with me about the studio display thing, but we'll get back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get to the agenda because we've got a few quickies to clean up. Because, uh, yeah, apologies. We were – one of the weeks was my bad. One of the weeks was your bad. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's been more than a fortnight, and that's okay. And somehow the trees in the Salesforce garden are all askew because we, yeah. So so wait so so the so this parable that you just told you that you're you kind of just you're just putting that out there, but then you're people can people can wonder why I think the studio display pricing is absolutely fucking insane, and why um, people might think the new Mac Studio and Studio Display design is reminiscent of King Solomon. But we're not going to actually talk about that yet. In a little bit, we will. Okay. And that's why in the notes, we have uh, scissors and a baby. Okay. Hmm. Um, <laughs> anyway, what else did I miss? So did the lockout end? Yes. How, when was the season supposed to start? How many games were lost to this, or was it zero? Zero games will be lost because they're going to be made up throughout the season and at the end of the season. Because um, opening day is usually not until the end of March and uh, beginning of April, right? Yeah, exactly. So I think original opening day was maybe, let's call it like March 30th, and it's now April 7th. So the season's only pushed back about a week. Is there like an amount of time that you have that like it's in the player's contract that they have to spend at spring training? Is that the deal, basically? I don't don't think it's like in their contracts, but that was one of the things they had to agree to as part of this. Got it. Um, There'll be more baseball in a moment uh other quickies uh and i believe i called this and you were kind of incredulous about it but um seems like the strong rumors are that the combined uh discovery plus and hbo max streaming service uh once the deal closes and at&t gets rid of this hot potato that they don't want i don't think that's how that expression goes but uh it will be one big service as opposed to being kind of like a tiered thing yeah, I, I think I called that. I, I don't see, like in the Disney Plus approach where you have ESPN Plus, Hulu, and Disney Plus, like I do think because of the widely disparate types of content that are involved in those and how those were already kind of existing entities, like that kind of sort of makes sense. And you can have an overarching like triple play or, or a tri, uh, what, what do they call it? The Disney bundle? Like you can have a strategy like that and that kind of makes sense. But with HBO Max and Discovery Plus, like because HBO Max is already this kind of weird mishmash of just Cartoon Network and Comedy Central and HBO, like it, it's just already a mess. What's what's throwing in Food Network and uh, HGTV onto that? Because CNN Plus, which would have been the third tentpole of the the stool or whatever, is not even off the ground yet. So I don't think that's a really a a factor. You didn't you didn't listen to downstream from a few weeks ago, did you? I don't I've, I don't think I've actually ever listened to an episode of it. Um, so they they had a, a really good discussion around kind of the, the the Disney bundle and and specifically about sort of this idea of you know only certain types of content being kind of you know safe to associate with the Disney brand, but um. 
the discussion basically was like, well, that's sort of true. But if you actually kind of step back and think about it, Disney's actually been working to change and broaden the Disney brand for quite a while now. And like the examples that they use were like Marvel and Star Wars, where, you know, 15 years ago, you wouldn't have associated those brands with Disney. And now those are arguably two of the most important parts of Disney. And then more recently, you had all these Marvel Netflix shows, which are pretty mature, like pretty, pretty violent, etc. And, you know, they, they got taken off of Netflix because those deals expired. And then Disney was going to, you know, bring them back over into onto their services. And, and everybody was kind of looking to see like, well, are these going to go on a Disney Plus? Or are they going to go on a Hulu? And sure enough, they're going on to Disney Plus. Um, but isn't Disney now, as a result, revamping the parental controls in the Disney Plus app? They are. But I but I think that I think I mean, that actually still stands. Yeah, I think I think. I, I kind of left that conversation actually thinking, yeah, actually, I, I could see everything just being in the Disney Plus app at some point. So actually, I think I think when the whole HBO and Discovery Plus merger was announced, I think you're right where you were on the kind of the single app thought, and I was thinking they'd keep them separate. But like now, I now I I agree that having them all in one app kind of makes sense or or not even just one app it's that again i'm somebody who doesn't see the value of discovery plus as a separate subscription so i'm already maybe not the right person to ask for like an unbiased opinion from but i don't think those two things as standalone items are like that's if they're owned by the same company i don't think that's the wisest move i think you maybe roll in discovery plus and don't change the price of hbo max and then do the boiling the frog thing and then increase the cost of hbo max to twenty dollars in nine to 18 months yeah like i i I mean for even though i've been proven wrong and you schooled me on the fact that like discovery plus has like 30 million subs already which which seems insane um I still just don't think it has that much appeal to be worth its own separate thing, even though in this whole situation, Discovery Media or whatever the David Zaslav company is, is like it is the main one. Like HBO is being subsumed into that, not the other way around, even though it kind of feels like it should be. Well, I guess like the way that I would think about Discovery Plus is that I could very much see the consumer who, you know, probably younger, who likes stuff on, you know, Food Network or HDTV or TLC or whatever, but, you know, who doesn't have cable. And, you know, Discovery Plus is, is that's your that's your ticket to being able to get access to all that stuff without having cable for, you know, a really reasonable price. And, you know, I, I guess I don't know how much people care about this part of it, but like it's a it's actually a, one of the better streaming apps, I think, you know, good interface, good management of like, you know, keeping track of the shows that you watch, really good video quality, etc. So, you know, I am I think it's a I think it's a solid service and I'm 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 pretty excited to see what these are combined because we've in addition to being a Discovery Plus household 
I don't know how much we've talked about this, but we're pretty big HBO Max household at the moment too. Um, because you know we're we're still in the early stages of Succession. We're we always have kind of like the one show that we kind of throw on like right before we go to bed, and so we're going through Friends at the moment. And then uh, the new housemate is super into Sesame Street. So oh, she's she's not a Babar kid. Who is that, Mister <laughs> Bucket's friend? You didn't have rich for uh, like. Uh, another childhood thing. You didn't have like the rich friends who had more money, so therefore watched uh, Babar, uh, which was uh, <laughs> the kids show that was on HBO. So that's how you knew. That they I, were I never. Class. I I think I think the first time I ever saw something on HBO was probably God. When when was the first? I don't think I don't think I had HBO until we graduated college. I don't think hmm. I, I don't think I ever I never had HBO like growing up and I don't we, think I ever had it in college either. So, yeah, I, I don't think I ever had it until, you know, we moved up here, basically. Yeah, we we, we never had it either. Like, and I have I told you the story about how we in our house, we had really old TVs and we had whatever the, the Cox communication like expanded basic thing or whatever it was. But like the old TVs we had only tuned through like through the vhf channel so it only worked through channels two through 36 mm -hmm. and then i had the brilliant idea of using a vcr as a ad hoc cable box and that's yeah. how we got mtv and comedy central <laughs> nice it was, it was a whole new world when i discovered that but anyway babar was is a <laughs> it was a it's uh it was a children's show for rich kids where it had a french elephant who wore a crown and suits and it, yeah it's Hmm. Anyway, somehow that relates to HBO Plus or HBO Max. Um, um, Sesame Street, is it? Was the deal that it's still like new episodes are being produced, but they're being made by and paid for by HBO, but they still go to PBS or is it no longer on PBS? I, I don't know that part, but I can say that the most recent seasons, which are the ones I presume have are the ones being, you know, produced by Warner. Very, very well done. Very, like, highly produced. Like, I remember mm -hmm. turning on the, the first episode when she first started watching it. And I, I, the thing I was struck by was just like, wow, this is, yeah, this is <laughs> pretty, pretty, like, can, high production value. Yeah. Can, can, is it in 4K? Is it, an, is it, a, does, is it does it have Dolby Vision? It's, it's not in 4K. <laughs> so it doesn't meet the Ryan standards? It's not any of that, but it, it does look, it does look really nice. And the succession theme plays. All right, anyway, but the the thing is, sorry, this is something we forgot about. This slipped through the cracks, but um, what's the guy's name that plays um, Roy Kent? I think the slip, yeah, like oh, he he went to Sesame Street. Yeah, it's Remember? unclear if he's because I one thing I was curious of because I that that Instagram post happened right before we actually introduced the new housemate to Sesame Street. It actually might have mm -hmm. been one of the things that kind of prompted us to think about it, and. Um, one thing I was kind of paying attention to as we started watching it was if if they had like celebrity guests because I I don't really remember the format as a kid yeah, or anything and um, definitely do. Well, that in the in this the seasons we've watched they they have not. So I I don't I don't know what the I don't know if he's a guest in an episode or if he just had the chance to visit the set. I don't, I don't know what the deal is. I 
think it definitely is. So I've, I've never, this is, this is <laughs> never a website I've ever been to before. Fatherly.com. Mm. Uh, so yeah, Ted Lasso's Brett Goldstein hanging out with Elmo and the gang. Um, do, do, do. So there is a clip of it. Um, so I do think it's probably going to be in the show, but it wasn't just him just, yeah, the air date for Brett's visit to Sesame Street hasn't been released, but it will come up a little later this year. And uh, to answer the original question, yes, even though HBO is making it, uh, new episodes do premiere on PBS. Okay, good. Um, yeah. Good. Um, yeah, it's pretty amazing on HBO Max because they they have literally every episode of Sesame Street that's ever been made. So it's, it's is it like easy 52 to br- seasons. Is it easy to browse the archives or do they have like kind of like a curated playlist so you can kind of see some of the cool older stuff? The I haven't really dug into it. The only thing I've seen is it just literally has all it's 52 like, seasons in chronological <laughs> order. Uh, um, so, um, yeah. But yeah, uh, Sesame Street is good and Cookie Monster is <laughs> Controversial take. Co- Cookie Monster is the best. He he has a recurring bit in these new ones where it's it's him it's him um, and Gonger making a... What's a Gonger? He's an, he's another character who I don't know if he's new or I don't remember him as a kid, but anyway, it's him and Cookie Monster, and they they make food. Chefs. They make food in a food truck, and it's 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 pretty great. Cookie Monster's the best. Gonger. So according to Muppet.fandom.com/wiki, Gonger is a small pink monster who first appeared on the Furchester Hotel tell and later joined the cast of sesame street in season 48 so he's this season is a 48 okay so yeah he's pretty new all right um all right it's pretty cute yeah it's it's i like i like him or her or they in their in their little chef's hat i don't know what, what gonger is but this it's 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 a very cute muppet um um so then so actually some some additional follow up um i guess I guess the deal is that new episodes first premiere on HBO Max and then later appear on PBS. So it seems like the seems like HBO Max is kind of like the first place they get released and then PBS mm-hmm. is kind of a secondary thing. Mm-hmm. And before we leave this topic, who was your favorite Sesame Street character as a child? Not not presently as a child. I'm so bad at remembering things as a kid. I I, I think maybe Big Bird, but I don't can't say for sure. But I can tell you now, it's Cookie Monster. He's great. Mm. I, I I like I legitimately laugh out loud sometimes at, at some things he does in that food truck. It's pretty good. <laughs> in that food truck. Mm-hmm. See, it's right. kind of the only place he appears in the show. He's just he's got this. He's got him and Gongri. They got this food truck, and they're just they're making food. It's great. Yeah, I think I think uh, older Sesame Street was more straightforward, or it just maybe didn't have that much um, story behind it. Uh, well, I, I mean, there's 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 not really a there's not a big narrative in Sesame Street. Well, I mean, they're kind of, kind, they're kind of is they're they're entrepreneurs. They're <laughs> you know the economy destroyed the, Sesame Street, and now they've got to run a food truck. The, the thing I don't maybe you remember this since you're the one that seems to remember the the stuff we used to watch and play with as a kid. Um, I'm trying to block out my childhood. <laughs> um, Elmo's very much like the main character. In Elmo the... sucks. 
to hot tape. Jeez. Because just putting, the, what Elmo deserves. Just put him on blast. Do you like Elmo? No. Elmo, Elmo's um, the character that ruins every TV show. Elmo is the... <laughs> it's like Elmo would have ruined The Office. Man, just... This is, this is not a hot take. Elmo's the Elmo worst. on blast. I don't get... What did he do? But uh, he had the whole fucking... There was, there was a thing where everything was Elmo. Well, I, the, so I, I used to have to... How, how old was I? I had to babysit well, like like one of my cousins or like a family friend or something, and there was this thing. Uh, there was this um, videotape, and it was called Elmo Palooza. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's as bad as it sounds. And it and it had uh, John Stewart of the show, Rosie O'Donnell, and a bunch of other people. And and I, it's a thing that I think it I watched a hundred and fifty times, and. Elmo sucks. He is the worst and least interesting character. And he had just, the, the, there was a toy that they made of him. Nobody's going to make it to the Mac Studio talk because they're going to turn it off because everybody loves Elmo. But Elmo sucks. Well, that, so I think the problem for you with these new episodes of Sesame Street Are is they all Elmo all the time. He's, he's very much like the, Ugh. he's the main character for sure. Like he's the one. He used to be kinda, Big Bird. He used to be the central dude. So that's, so, you know, my, my criticism so far of these new Sesame Street episodes is that they don't they don't feature very many of the characters. Like it's 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 a lot of Elmo, like, like lots of the, Elmo. And then, the old- you know, a decent amount of Cookie Monster. But then <sighs> everybody else kind of just pops in and out for a minute or two here and there. But oh. oftentimes go like multiple episodes without showing up at all. No, because in the old days, I mean, you had you had the core group. So again, my my favorite was always Oscar the Grouch, the big fucking surprise, um, and uh, Snuff Nub- uh, Snuffleupagus. <laughs> hey, hush, hush, uh, mute that. Um, and and so yeah, there was there used to be like a equal time. It was, it was like the what what's the thing in politics? The equal times clause. Like they had a thing where you, I mean, so you had Big Bird, you had Snuffleupagus, you had Oscar the Grouch, you had Slimy his friend, you had um. What was the dude's name? There was Rosa, and then the who? What was the guy? Like the uh, the humans who lived on Sesame Street. Anyway, but then you yeah you had you had Elmo, but then you had the Count, you had Bert and Ernie, you had yeah you had a whole cast of characters, and that's the thing where like kind of like how The Office became a caricature of itself, and like it was like too much Ed Helms and too much Michael Scott. You might like it was yeah. Sometimes you get a character and they don't know what to do with them. What what, what is this? So. There, the one of the more delightful parts of Let me open this up in an incognito window. I don't want my YouTube <laughs> recommendations getting changed. Uh, they they have a letter of the day, uh-huh. which doesn't they don't really ever do anything with it or anything. It's unclear why there needs to be a letter of the day, but S stands for streaming. Uh, um, the the song that accompanies it is it's 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 a delight. It's it's the best. Um, and the the new housemaid just loves it, so that makes it even better. What's the name of what's her name? Oh, Zoe. Yeah, Zoe was cool too. She she's the like teal colored one. Mm. Yeah, she's cool. Um, yeah, it's 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 good stuff. I, all right, I'm discovering that a key like a a key pro like parenting tip is to <laughs> steer Wilson. Steer steer your kids into the direction of stuff shows and stuff that yeah you like can sit there and be like 
like I'm not ashamed to say like these 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 episodes of Sesame Street like they're they're pretty good. I don't I don't mind watching them. Again, did I ever get you into you should try to expose your kid to the housemate to Bluey. Bluey. That's different than Blue's Clues. No, Blue's Clues that also is bad. <laughs> um better or worse no, than Elmo? Worse. Okay. Also a, a, a triple thumbs down to Dora too. Um, but no, Bluey is a, a very good show and it's, I think it's from either New Zealand or Australia and it's a bunch of blue healer pups and it's, it's actually, this doesn't stink. Australian. Yeah. And they got, they got good accents too. Hmm. Wait, this. And I think it's on Disney plus maybe, or it might be, uh, Netflix. Wait, so I have, I have a question. Yes. Did they, so did they remake this? No, it's, it's fairly new. It's a, it's a modern kids show and it's actually, it's actually good so wait so why why are you aware of it i know other people with children okay <laughs> interesting uh you are not the only housemate haver in in, in the in northern california area wait do you so you associate with other people how, how dare you <laughs> uh but anyway yeah bluey's great and i again just uh, blue healer dogs are, are, are adorable that <laughs> you're going to reemphasize your feelings about poor elmo He's bad. <laughs> He's bad. And yeah, it's... Oh, man. I... Tickle me, Elmo. Ugh. Well, yeah, there's that whole thing. But that's um... the thing. That That's when there was peak Elmo. And that was the thing where there were things on Good Morning America and the Today Show where it was always like, oh, how... It's, it was like the... What was the, the thing with the our former governor? The the thing. Um, What? What's his name? Our for, The governor. Not Jerry Brown. Not... Ga- the, not the, the governor? Yeah, Ar- Arnold. Mm-hmm. There was a thing where he had that movie, Jingle All the Way, and they had like the, the oh. he wanted the thing with the main toy, and that's kind of what Tickle Me Elmo was. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I always forget that there was a thing, there were two companies named Tyco. One was an accounting fraud that was a healthcare company, and one made toys. <laughs> Big difference. Is, is, is this, we just have to take three weeks off, and then we just have one of the crazy episodes? Okay. Yeah, yeah I All mean, right. huh. We got to get back to this Mac. Uh, okay, we, let's let's blow through. We got we got to we got to skip some of this stuff. This isn't all. This all. This isn't all important. No, is this it? is your fault for talking about Sesame Street for fucking forty minutes. That's okay, Disney Plus. Disney Plus is going to introduce an ad supported tier, probably to get back to the price uh, that it was before all their price hikes. Uh, the classic boiling of the frog. Yeah, there was um, there was another good discussion about that on Downstream this week where did they the, pay for an ad spot. What's that? Did they oh, pay they, for they, this oh, ad they, spot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, like a good point may, being made around like all the Disney Plus like original content was not produced with ads in mind, and I guess like yeah. that's a problem. I'm 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 not a not really a Hulu person, but I guess that's been a problem on like Hulu's ad supported yeah. service too, where. You've got a lot of shows on there that didn't really have ads in mind when they were produced, since Hulu also has an ad-free version. And so, if you are getting hit with ads, it's 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 not great. Yeah. Quick quick point of order: wasn't there were there was there were persistent rumors that HBO Max or HBO Plus was going to get an ad-supported tier? Did that ever come to fruition? Just because the question was That's that out. HBO yeah. HBO uh, TV series obviously never intended to have ads. Did that ever happen? Yeah, and I I think they do just pre-roll ads, and I think that's that was what on downstream they were suggesting that Disney would probably do as well, just because it it just 
and well, and then the other point they brought up too is like, you know, one of the things that Disney is really trying to do is is to continue to, you know, drive top tier talent to you know produce and direct and star in various Marvel and you know, Star Wars stuff for Disney Plus, and you know, it's probably the case that a lot of that top tier talent is not is not going to want to be producing their stuff with ad breaks in mind. So, um. This this the suggestion they had was that they're they're probably going to do pre roll ads at least to start, mm-hmm. and that makes sense. All right, um, Amazon and Apple are allegedly, according to the Sports Business Journal, which I don't know if that's a real thing, uh, are in the lead to get the rights for NFL Sunday Ticket, which is currently held by AT and T slash Directv. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it kind of it kind of seems like it's it's really come down between Amazon and Apple, just given how much larger their offers are compared to ESPN and any of the other players. And it it kind of seems like Apple might be the one that that the NFL is leaning towards, primarily because they don't have any other existing partnership with Apple, so it's going to be an opportunity for the NFL to kind of further diversify and and increase their their media reach you know whereas amazon's already got thursday night football now so can can i ask a dumb question and this will circle back to the mlb thing are football fans more because this is the thing that i've been thinking about with with all these sports deals is that it's sometimes very hard to find out where something is like i've never understood what the nba um actually we might as well just talk about the apple thing right now um how like the nba like you've got what what's the rhyme or reason for what's on nba on tnt like i, I kind of don't know why nba games are on a certain channel or not i I know obviously there's rights that have been um secured but like is there any rhyme or reason to that well i mean those are just generally the more kind of premier games like, but, I, like d- does tnt broadcast like games specifically on wednesday or something yeah, yeah, they they do. So TNT, well, Thursday nights their main night, and used to be their only night. Like when I was a kid, and I, I think maybe now they do Monday and Thursday, something like that. I mean, I, I guess my point would be that the NFL again. I'm not, I'm not a, a regular viewer, but it feels like that is much more the the broadcast rights arrangement seems much clearer. Like you always have. The majority of games happens on, happen on Sundays, where that's not the case for the other sports leagues, just due to the volume of games. And that is, you have, and uh, it's well, actually with with Sunday games, isn't it basically just CBS and Fox? Yeah. And then you have Monday Night Football, which used to be an ABC property but became ESPN. And then Thursday Night Football has been kind of this weird thing where that's kind of been their experimental night, like that was fox then it was nbc then it was nfl network then it was sometimes amazon well and so all amazon's been doing the past few years is just rebroadcasting whichever traditional broadcaster was producing the game which which you're right it's kind of has bounced around between cbs fox and nfl network over the recent years but starting this upcoming season amazon is producing it and is the exclusive broadcaster of it yeah yeah, or or I thought wasn't it also going to be simulcast on like NFL Network or something, but it was not going to be on a broadcast network. I don't think. No, strictly the web. 
I think the only exception to that is if if your local team is playing, I think the Amazon feed, or I guess it'll have to be one of the Amazon feeds because the, the assumption is going to be that they're going to have different types of feeds. But anyway, the, the main there feed, whatever it ends up being, will be, I guess, rebroadcast like on your your local affiliates. So like mm-hmm. for the, you know, here in the Bay Area, the 49ers are generally on Fox. So I, I guess it'd be rebroadcast on that here. Mm-hmm. But other than that, Amazon will be the only place you can see it. Yeah. But I guess my, my, my main point is that the NFL, they have maybe, again, probably just by nature of the fact that there are fewer games, but it's much clearer as to what's on what when. Uh, whereas the, uh, MLB and um, the NBA, it seems trickier in that regard. Um, so I guess that leads into we'll we'll kind of move forward. Um, one of the Apple event things, but and I, I this is gonna be mostly you because I was away for this. There is a Friday night baseball deal. What is what's the Apple baseball news? So Apple has signed a deal with Major League Baseball, um, where they are going to be the exclusive broadcaster of two games every Friday night. So this is similar to what ESPN's had for a while now, where so they they ESPN has Sunday night baseball, and that's that's kind of been a thing for for a while, where they they're 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 the exclusive broadcaster of the Sunday night game, and it, it's also the only game that happens Sunday night. Every other game on Sundays happens during the day, so that then there's only one game at night, and that's Sunday night baseball. But then in addition to that, ESPN has also had Monday night baseball and Wednesday night baseball also with the idea that they're the exclusive broadcaster of those games. Um, and so now what, what MLB's done is they've kind of added another day essentially where now Friday nights, which previously didn't have any national broadcaster exclusively showing games. Now that's going to be Apple. And then actually the Monday night baseball and um, Wednesday night baseball that previously was on ESPN is now going to Peacock. Um, so they were discussing this on upgrade. I, I did make I, I uh, temporarily suspended my rule of not listening to tech pro, uh, tech podcasts this week uh, for obvious reasons. Um, and there was a very this this week's upgrade is a must listen. Um, yeah, John Syracuse was very good on it, but I did not know about the peacock deal at all and this feels like a very 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 fragmented way for the baseball consuming public of which honestly it probably feels like there's fewer and fewer every year so the (laughs) so i don't remember if this was on upgrade or if this was on to mention downstream again um but jason brought up like a really fascinating point which is that it's a little unclear what's in it for apple or peacock or espn for that matter Mm -hmm. in broadcasting these games because like when you think about it okay there's probably not a huge audience on a friday night or any other night of the week that Mm -hmm. like just wants to watch some like random baseball game with two teams that they don't generally follow well and then and then you know the the only other audience in would be like fans of the local teams, and they're probably just going to end up being annoyed that the game <laughs> isn't on their normal local broadcaster either because 
they just don't subscribe to whatever streaming service it's on at all and therefore can't get it. Or even if they are an Apple TV Plus or Peacock subscriber, they might just be annoyed that they don't have their their local broadcasters on the game. I, I don't know what the deal is with the Peacock Monday night and Wednesday night thing, but at least with the Apple Friday night thing, the, the deal is that MLB Network is producing the games. And so it's going to be, you know, whatever neutral national broadcaster they decide, not broadcasters of one of the local teams. So it's it's kind of a lesser experience for local fans compared to just their local broadcaster. And it's unclear exactly what kind of audience there is outside of those local fans. So I, I'm I'm not really sure what the point is. Well, yeah, so in the old days, um, going back to the Sesame Street thing, or like in the like the nineties, like the, the Friday nights were always where you put the shows that you were about to cancel because nobody was home and nobody cared about watching TV on Friday nights. So this feels like the least desirable night to get any type of broadcast agreement. But then, yeah, this, this was a discussion that did happen on Upgrade, which is that, and I hadn't thought about this either. Like, I'm always le- like, if it's a team I care about, which means I'm more likely to want to watch the game. Like, I never want to hear fucking Joe Buck. And his anti-West Coast baseball bias. Like, I, I want to hear the... And, like, when Jason said this, I like, I never actually really put this together. But, yeah, I don't I don't want to watch a TV broadcast where the announcers aren't in my corner. Like, I, I, I like listening to the um, Comcast Sportsnet or what, and, and what was it, NBC Sports people who are the people that I know and like the team and aren't telling stories about... Well, the 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 Giants are that uh, it's it's an even year, and and you know that's this is a tra- like no nobody cares, and the people who are actually tuning into this already know all this kind of stuff. So I'm not really sure who the audience is for this. Like I didn't ever really understand ESPN's Sunday night baseball strategy either, and ESPN's also a network that never actually seemed to care about baseball either. I, it's just I don't know how much they paid for this, but I don't really see what's in this for Apple. Yeah, so there, there's a really good write-up by Jason Snell on Six Colors that we'll put in the notes, and he calls out that it's a seven-year deal, $85 million a year. Um, I guess they do have opt-outs after the first and second year, so if, if this theory of kind of who is this for is borne out, maybe it, it'll be a short deal. But but yeah, I um yeah, I don't I don't really get it. And I mean I'm not a huge baseball fan, so maybe i'm biased in that way but yeah i just i don't i don't get it like the only thing like this ever makes like makes sense is is it has not not an all or nothing thing but this just feels like too too small a piece of the pie to be worth it well this is i mean this is clearly basically just an experiment like apple knows they want to do more live sports stuff and it it'd probably be pretty tough to start with something like Sunday ticket, let's say. But if you wanted to test out maybe some of your tech, test out some of your interface stuff, et cetera, you but, know, major league baseball games on a Friday night's probably not a bad place to start. But I mean, as you said, they're just basically rebroadcasting something that's being produced by somebody else. Like that feels like well, Unless there's going to be some secret sauce of like, oh, you get this interactive element and you can, like, if there's some type of like Apple secret sauce on this. But like, I, 
but I, I think that's been think will be? that's kind of just copying the Amazon model. Yeah, which 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 I guarantee that wasn't a profitable or productive experiment for him. No, but what I'm saying is that it's a stepping stone because, again, starting this season, Amazon is going to be producing games, but that's not what they started with. They they spent a few years just being a rebroadcaster of someone else's production. So I think it makes sense for companies like Amazon and Apple, which have never done stuff like this before, to you know kind of crawl before they walk. Uh, yeah, sorry. Or, no, sorry. I thought I had an NFL reference. I don't. <laughs> Safety before the end zone. Okay. All right. Uh, you you upgrade your Wemo plugs, and then they release new ones. Ryan is sad. That's uh, the gist we, of that. Yeah, <laughs> so fine. I, you know, before, I don't know how much we talked about it, if at all, on the show, but... I don't think it ever came up. Um. Yeah, you know, I, I, well, I know what we have talked about in previous years is I, I, I go real hard on the, the smart plugs around holiday time. Because I insist on every you know Christmas light in this house being connected to a um, smart plug or switch of some kind, mm-hmm. and you know I've I accumulated a few of the the Wemo plugs over the years because the the big thing they have going for them, which is very very rare, is that they support both HomeKit and Amazon's Lady in a Can, and having both of those together is is kind of important for my setup, which we've we've talked about before. But the the problem with the Wemo switches is that the original ones were the size of a small car, basically, mm-hmm. um, which was not really ideal. And so, th- I guess they had, they had probably been out for a while before I found them. But they they eventually came out with like a second generation of them where that were much much smaller. Mm-hmm. And so I went through and kind of replaced my original ones and bought some additional plugs. Um, and then, of course, just uh, last month, they came out with another version, which is kind of like the same small form factor that also has a um, thread radio in it so that these will all be compatible with the um, the matter stuff if that ever comes out. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't worry about it because I, I assume so. Yeah, like so you you had advocated for the Wemo plugs when I was looking for some smart switches for my espresso machine and my a couple other things. Um and they they come with a they they have them available in a three pack for like fifty bucks. So I'm assuming that's what you bought, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, so if you do if if the thread stuff ends up being mature in a couple of years, which like that's still in such early days where I wouldn't worry about it at all. Eh, you're, you're, the the amount you're having to spend to re upgrade is minimal. Yeah, I don't I don't know if this is just because they're new, but it seems like you can only buy them like one at a time now and they're like 25 bucks a piece so the biden economy <laughs> um yeah it's it's fine yeah i yeah I, 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 smart home stuff is bad we've talked about that oh uh, you got it tattooed on my forehead yeah um all right this was gonna get lost through the cracks but i'm happy i didn't forget so uh we've I'm sure it's been a previous chef special, but there is a Bay Area restaurant chain called Square Pie Guys that has uh, Detroit-style pizza. Um, And I forget where it came up, or this might have been a newsletter that I forwarded, but they have a thing called um, Square Pie Guys, the pork, hold on. It's called the pork and pineapple mm-hmm. pizza. 
And then, oh, this this was in the, I think we talked about on the show, where they are going to take over a space in Ghirardelli Square and make kind of a new flagship restaurant there just because their SF location is a little bit sketchy and the other one's in downtown Oakland. Uh, but yeah, they they had it in a newsletter that the the pork and pineapple, something, something. And I was like, yeah, that, that, that looks, I'm like, this looks slightly intriguing. I would still never buy this, but it's kind of fine. And then you, you had mentioned that that was the thing you were going to get whenever they opened the new location. I just happened to be in the neighborhood or, or in, in San Francisco at the time. And I was like, I don't know what to do for dinner. And on a whim, I ordered it. And the verdict is, it is the least bad pineapple pizza I've ever tried. Okay. I'll take that. So if you go, I'll send you a link. This is, uh, if you go to squarepieguys.com slash menu. So, the ingredients, vodka sauce, slow-cooked pork shoulder, charred pineapple, pickled jalapeno, taco seasoning, and an onion salsa. So I feel like they've done everything to use modern ingredients to not have it taste bad. Like pineapple, because here's the thing. If you get basically somebody's making a pork, uh, like a pineapple and ham pizza where it's basically just like canned spam ham and just like uh, chopped up like pineapple that came out like that's gonna be a you're gonna have a bad time well or you might be in heaven i don't know it depends on your your taste buds but i i do think it had a level of like spice and seasoning that actually kind of made the ingredients work together so uh, there are still so many better options on the menu but this is not like if somehow the radical left banned all pizza except pineapple and ham pizza. This would be an acceptable way to go. <laughs> so there you go. And it, I, I forget when we've talked about this before. Have you ever tried the, the monkey bread from where from square pie guys? I have not. I did for some reason order a side of fries, which I have no idea why. Um, Cause why would you get that from a pizza restaurant? They were fine. Okay. What is monkey bread? It's isn't it like is it not it's not like a cinnamon roll like their well their pizza version dough is, dunked yeah. in butter and brown sugar topped blood orange I have mm. and they they refer to it as winter monkey bread which implies they do a seasonal varietal of their monkey bread which mm-hmm. interesting uh blood orange is always one of those things that is is kind of like um. Sounds like, good on paper, but it's not. Yeah, it's it's, good it's, to it's eat. like it's like menu kryptonite or whatever. Like it, <laughs> it, it gets you it, like, and I always I always regret it. It's never what I want it to be. You order you order the the blood orange margarita because it it sounds really good, and then you get it and you're like, ah, I should have just gotten a regular margarita. I yeah, I, I never I never got margaritas, but yeah. Um, oh, apparently only in Oakland you can get a prickly pear marg. Hmm. Mm. I was going to be like only $4. No, serves four. It doesn't have a price listed on here. <laughs> All right. Anyway, people should give that a try. But otherwise, uh, just get yourself. I think it's called the standard one. I think it's called the six by eight. Um, just just get yourself a regular regular pizza and have yourself a grand old time. Yeah, well, we'll probably probably try this when that that new that new location opens, because that's that's pretty close by. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, God. All right. Super, super fast. We got, uh, we got to get we got to get to the main stuff. What are we, what are we doing with this other stuff? Is this okay. other stuff important? Kind of. So we'll we'll you can't forget about this for next week because I think some of this is actually good. But we'll okay, fine. Let's get to the Apple stuff because it's already fifty one minutes. 
All right. While I was gone, Apple had an event on Tuesday. How dare they? And it was called Peak Performance, spelled P-E-E-K. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some updates people were expecting, maybe some stuff people weren't expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not watch all the event. I watched the two segments that were important uh, while I was doing other stuff, so don't have the best notes on this uh, or any. But they introduced an iPhone SE with 5G because 5G is important. Uh, it's the exact same iPhone SE body. It looks exactly like an iPhone 8, which looks like an iPhone 7, which can looks I, like an iPhone 6. Can I can yes. I quickly interrupt? Yeah. So I th- this was on my casual to do this for a while, and, and I finally did it this past week, I guess partially in response to um, the Apple event. I I looked on... I'm, I'm an AT&T subscriber, and I... Mm-hmm. I I looked into um, like what it would look like to be on a 5G plan because my, my plan right now doesn't even give me access to 5G, which for the past couple of years, you know, hasn't really mattered very much. Well, I thought you already got 5G. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like the, the, the plan that I would have to go on was like only marginally more expensive than like what I'm currently on. But I like what I wanted to find out was like, well, if I do this, like am I actually going to have access to 5G service that that is actually faster than what I get on LTE? And at, with AT&T, the answer seems to be no. Um, <laughs> I mean, first of all, so it took me a long time and some Google searching to like <laughs> sort through all the different varietals of 5G that there are. I appreciate you're heavy on the use of the word, the word variety. I'm kind of in, kind of into it tonight, yeah. Um, and that is a good way of expressing the fact that AT&T lies about 5G a lot. <laughs> um, and it seems to me that the 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 C band stuff, which has been uh-huh. like the the controversial stuff with with the airports and whatnot, but it's but it's the most meaningful part of 5G for most people. Exactly, and. and because like the millimeter wave stuff, which is the fastest, is like not really available everywhere, and that I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like the, is it high band or low band? Like the the stuff that's basically just LTE in terms of speed. Yeah, basically. Um, like, and and of course, when you look on AT and T's coverage map, and you look which up on their 5G, website, I cannot find. Yeah, I'm I, I trying you just hard. have to Google search it, I guess. Um. But in any way, like when you look at their coverage map and you want to see where 5G is, they don't tell you what's like the, is it high band or low band? What's, what's other than, what's the slower version of 5G? Low band with DSTS is basically the low. one that's 4G with slightly mm-hmm. fast, slightly more capacity, but barely. Okay. So they don't, yes, yeah, so they don't tell you on their coverage map, like what's low band 5G versus what C band 5G. And so that led me down some more Google searching to figure out like, well, what's AT&T been doing with C-band stuff? And the the short answer appears to be that they're like way behind like where Verizon is and basically have only ruled it out like in a couple of areas. So it sounds like for me that if I were to upgrade to, to a 5G plan on AT&T, that would at this point do me no good. Their website literally won't show you where it is. No, I, that's what that's what I mean. Like they just they say, hey, here's 5G. They say, they say it's available at Oracle Park. That's literally all their website says. Well, they, yeah, they do call out, I don't know what their branding name is, but they, they do call out where they have millimeter wave 5G. Yeah, which, which can, I, can I give you two guesses as to what they call it? I, 
Well, I, this is partially cheating because I, I was looking at this. So I'm just trying to remember. I, it was isn't it just like 5G plus? No, sh- of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> so if you go to their website, the only part that they give you that explains what where they have actual or like some faster version of 5G is it basically says Oracle Park and that's it. Um, yeah. And also, sorry, where in Santa Ana? Oh, it's available at the John Wayne Airport, the luxurious. All right. Yeah. So Closeness. so so 5G seems seems bad to me. Okay, um, but anyway, I can see where it's not worth changing. But I mean, yeah. So like, I mean, I, again, like I've, I've got a 13 Pro. Like 5G is pretty, pretty solid. If you if you're in a good millimeter wave coverage area for Verizon, that gets you between one and three gigabits a second, and that's expanding. And well, even even the suburbs of Marin, a lot of places now have C band here. But um, yeah, so the iPhone SE 5G is now available. The price went up by thirty dollars. The phone literally. I, I, if if I was a betting person, I would not have said it's going to look still like an iPhone six, but alas, here we are. Um, and it's got, what processor does it have? Oh gosh, that's, that's so hard to keep track of. Well, now. because when they made the second generation oh, it, iPhone it's... SE, it was the processor of an iPhone 11. Yeah, but no, no. So the, the thing with this one is it's the A15. It's the same chip that, that came in the iPhone 13s in the fall. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. actually pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, but the design is ex- extremely dated. Um, but yeah, it's got Touch ID. Uh, weird bit of follow-up. The uh, You know the whole thing with iOS 15.4 and the Face ID with a mask? Yeah. That only works on the iPhone 12 or later. It does not work on the iPhone 10, 10s, or the iPhone 11. So Sketchy I, as hell. I had the opportunity to use that for the first time today. Mm-hmm. So... At first, I was impressed because when so when you upgrade to fifteen point four, it prompts you like, "Hey, this is a new feature. Do you want to set this up?" And I thought, like, "Well, yeah, sure, but like, am I going to have to like go go put on a mask like in my house to like set this up?" And the answer is no. You actually, and it tells you like, "Hey, you actually don't need to put on a mask to set this up. We just need to do another scan of your face." But I thought, okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But then I went to actually use it today, and like. Well, I mean, so first of like the first time I went to use it, it didn't work and prompted me to enter my password. So not a great start. But then I so I did that and then tried it again, and it 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 works. But you have to like I don't, I don't know maybe if I just need to do another scan or what. But like it 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 prompts you to look down. Like that's a little message that comes up if it doesn't work. Is it's like look down, and when, so like I had to like tilt my head kind of to a weird angle. And then it worked, and it worked pretty reliably when I would do that. But it's it it it's, it's not it's not as seamless as regular Face ID. At least I mean, that, for the couple times I tried it today, that feels okay. I mean, yeah, just, no, it does. because it, does. it has fewer data points to use. So I guess maybe the oh, I was do they call it like attention aware? I think that maybe that is a bigger component of it than uh, than it used to be. Could yeah, t- totally it, it totally could be. Um, and it's yeah, I mean it's 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 way better than the the Apple Watch stuff was because it it's actually like true Face ID where you can mm-hmm. authenticate you know anything that you can authenticate Face ID with. So no, it, it's it's good, but um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I and and yeah, again, like I used it like two times in the grocery store today, so it's you know more more to come. Yeah. So yeah, iPhone SE five G. Cool. I'm, 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 I'm glad there continues to be a relevant, low-cost iPhone for folks who don't see the the need for the super premium models. I mean, cool. Um, and actually, also some other like quick OS update stuff as like a little 
PSA. Um, upgraded to watchOS 8.5. Mm-hmm. And I guess with the Series 7 watches, people have had this recurring problem where fast charging just won't work. Um, particularly with like third-party chargers, but sometimes even with like the Apple cable. And Apple put out one one of the eight point something releases was a fix like specifically for that um, a month or two ago. But I had never had that problem. Um, upgraded to eight point five on Monday, and have have had a lot of problems charging my Apple Watch, like. First, at, it was just any speed. Well, first, it was just charging really, really slow. Um, and then tonight, it just wasn't charging at all, even with like the regular Apple cable. And so, I did like a hard reset on it where you just like you hold down the digital crown and the side button for 10 seconds or whatever, like just kind of like you do like on the iPhone, and then, then it seems to fast charge okay after that which Reddit seems to indicate that a couple of other people have had a similar problem in a, in a hard reset, which is, this is what prompted me to try it fixed the problem. So, so yeah, I Apple software updates continue to be a thing. Hmm. Anyway, sorry, I, I'll stop, I'll stop derailing you. We've still got the, the good stuff to get to here. Oh, it's fine. I guess. How would you know how quickly it's charging? Well, I mean, it it was like literally like it would charge. Why are you checking? Well, only because I put it on the charger last night and it had been there like a while. So I picked it up assuming it would be done and it had only charged like 20% or something. Oh, are you still under the illusion that like you're tracking your sleep? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Are you, again, no, no judgments. Are you actually getting any actual info out of it? No, of course not. And you're not even somebody who has sleep problems. Ugh. Right. Mm, no. uh, oh, I can I can give you some tips on how to fuck up your sleep. Uh, well, no, I need to fix it, not further mess it up. Oh, but it, well, but you can just use me as a cautionary tale, um, or make yourself feel better. All right. Uh, oh, wait. Oh no. Okay. Sorry. There's one thing before the important stuff. Uh, sp- special for St. Patrick's Day. There are two, or actually, I'll I'll uh, three three products now come in green. So therefore, I'm sure you have rebought the same phone. So, uh, so for a brief moment during the event, I not. was I was furious at this because the green that they first showed, um, which is a really really nice shade of green, well, is only on the oh, non Pro yeah. 13. Well, yeah, because because they have the nice glossy back, so it's a nice deep forest green. It doesn't have like the whole like, paleness green, Carlos. Alpine no, no, that's green. the Al- Alpine is the color of the 13 Pro. Oh, and is the 13 is just green. Yeah, but it, but it's a nicer green. You're totally yeah. right. So if if the shade of green on the 13 was available on the 13 Pro, that would be very upsetting to me. But the the shade of green, alpine green, that they came out with on the Pro, in in some pictures that have come out over the last couple of days that people have taken, looks exactly like the same shade of green that was on the what was it, the eleven or the twelve, the, the eleven, I think. Yeah, the eleven Pro had that. It, yeah, it kind of looks basically the same. And 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 it that was super disappointing. So I was like, oh okay, this is I'm not mad anymore. Yeah, 
but yeah, I, if, if there would have been a nice shade of green on the pro, that would have been devastating. And the other nice thing too, is that they, like Apple does, they came out with some, um, new watch bands for spring. Mm-hmm. And one of the new sport band colors is literally bright green, which could not be any more in my wheelhouse. Do you have a link to this? Um, I, I can, I can get you one. Um, and so that, that was uh, a pretty quick purchase this week. And uh, that, that arrived a couple of days ago and that's, that's been, that's been delightful. Um, let's see here. Here we go. We'll put this, uh, we'll put this in the Mm. the notes as well. Bright green. That doesn't seem like, uh, that doesn't strike me as you. Oh, I, that's very light green. Oh yeah. No, I, I like, um, I've been kind of into the, the brighter, sport bands and i i only wear them like you know like at night and on the weekends and stuff but what color is the celtics green you know that's more of an emerald green yeah no that that's what Mm. that's one of the best parts about this green color is that um (laughs) it's not it's not associated with like the celtics or the seahawks or any of that it's 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 a nice kind of just springy springy green bright green if you will yeah so that's an interesting way to spend 54 dollars yeah they're expensive yeah all right. Um, we are talking about baseball. So I missed some important news, apparently. Um, apparently, so there's a new thing called a Macintosh, uh, a Mac Studio, and a thing called an Apple Studio Display. Mm-hmm. So in this event, in the run up to it, I don't believe anybody was 100% certain there would be a new Mac whatsoever. And if they thought there was going to be a new Mac, they thought it might be something about a MacBook Air or a uh, revised 27-inch iMac, and that was going to be very much uh, a, a big old maybe. Yeah, this, so but everybody no. was very much on the, the, the M1 Pro and M1 Max probably coming to just a couple of additional computers, namely the Mac Mini and the 13-inch MacBook Pro. But it, it did it did leak out, I think maybe even like maybe the day you left for your trip. Like sometime, I think over the weekend before the event, the the Mac Studio branding kind of leaked out. And then there was a story by, I think maybe it was German or maybe it was 9to5Mac that, that basically said like, yeah, the external display that Apple's been working on, that was going to be the, you know, the vert, kind of the um, less expensive version of the um, Studio Display XBR, X xdr mm-hmm. well, yeah um wasn't that, wasn't one of them supposed to be like 7k or something well well we'll have to we'll get there okay. um but the anyway there was some stories that came out like a day or two before the event it's like yeah this 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 new external display is like it's done it's basically ready to go so some stuff leaked out at the end but but by and large um you know my whole thing has been that apple can never keep hardware stuff a secret, especially stuff that's like brand new products. And, you know, I'll, I'll eat crow here to their credit that this stuff was largely kept secret. Cause even that, even the last minute rumors didn't really have any of the specifics. And I mean, we'll, we'll get to it, but like, I don't think anybody had the, the M1 ultra stuff like that. That was, that was, you know, I mean, German had it in his M1 overview from last year, but nobody had it coming out at, at this event yeah okay so as for what was released um or announced so there's a new product called the mac studio which is a computer that's based it's about it's about two mac minis stacked on top of each other um and it has um the options of uh is it 
the M1 Max and the M1 Ultra, or is there an option? For, is there like a lower end one that's the M1 Pro? No, the base model is the M1 Max, and then there's kind of two two versions of that, and then and then there's the then there's a couple versions of the Ultra. Yeah. So basically, this uh, it's it's a uh, a new uh, desktop computer that uh, starts at two thousand dollars, or you can basically just supersize it and double everything, and that computer is then four thousand dollars. Um, and it's an interesting computer that is meant to fill the gap that previously Apple had shuffled people off to the 27 inch iMac for, and to a lesser extent, the iMac pro, um, it doesn't fulfill necessarily the needs of the Mac pro, even though in, in the Mac pro is, is, is a computer designed for expandability. It is not necessarily, I mean, like, cause right now, because it still runs on Intel Xeons in every way, this computer is faster but yeah, it exists uh, at a much above the 24-inch iMac and the Mac Mini, but below the Mac Pro as it will exist in maybe a year from now. Um. So yeah, so it's I how do I? I think I have complicated feelings, and and I I think this product matters much more to me than you. Mm-hmm. Or I think it entirely matters zero to you. Right. Um. Yeah, I have been looking for something to replace my 27-inch iMac with something faster. I have intentionally avoided uh, doing any substantive amount of photo editing on my M1 Max uh, 14-inch MacBook Pro because I don't want to really have that experience. Um, And I was hoping for, yeah, a revised 27-inch iMac, and that is not the case. So this goes back to the King Solomon thing, which is that uh, Tim Cook and... uh, the Mac team took the wrong lesson from this, which is that they they split the baby, but they did not split it equally. So, if we think about it, how much how much was the twenty seven inch iMac? Like, what what do you how much do you think the twenty uh, the twenty seven inch uh, low end configuration of the iMac used to be? It's it's didn't it start around like twenty four hundred or so? Oh no no my friend. All right, so let me send you a link because it's still available, and this is not a clearance price. At BestBuy.com. The iMac used to start at $1,800. This is why I was getting so mad at you. And in, in the, when, when I got back and you did not seem to support my thesis of the pricing of the studio display, which we'll get to in a minute, is crazy. Because it is... Uh, we'll, we'll get there. But they, they, they split the baby and they did not split it equally. So the Mac Studio, I feel, is fairly reasonably priced for what it is mm-hmm. i'm waffling i i want to maybe see a review of it and i want to because because i was away on vacation i missed the pre-order window or whatever so when i got back it was already for my most probable configuration it was 10 to 12 weeks out so mm-hmm. at this point fuck it who cares so i am going to maybe see on the 18th is it available at an apple store in a configuration that's close to what i want for like local pickup in like the next week, and if it's not, I'll I'll just place an order. Well, so so we're, we're, well, we're getting there. I, I have I have a, I have so many questions about uh-huh. that. But did you have do you have more about what? No, did you can continue? I'll, I'll save my questions. No, I mean that's that's pretty much it. Well, like well, t- so to talk broadly about the computer before we get into what the whether this is the right product for me and what I would be most likely to buy. That's we'll get there. Basically, okay. the computer, eh, it's a little ugly. Um, it looks. Again, it's it's two Mac Minis stacked on top of each other. It doesn't really 
like I'm sure they put effort into the design, but it's it's but, it's kind of an ugly computer. But I think I think that's kind of awesome. It's ugly. Yeah, like I think it's I think it's kind so of so it's like a Cybertruck. <laughs> no, I just I think it's it's awesome that that no. Apple has clearly turned. What's that? And you buy one. I don't want this on my desk. I'm I'm trying to find, well, I'm trying to think of a way I can have it mounted under my desk because I think it's so well. Ugly. Twelve, you know, you know, twelve South will come out with that. Um, I, I, I think it's it's great that between the mm-hmm. chunky new MacBook Pros and the but studio, that, that's a pretty computer. I still the, haven't seen one in person, so I guess I love mine. Okay. The, like the the notch is still a little silly, but I mean, yeah. I am very disappointed that the studio display does not have a mod, a, a notch that lacks courage. How dare they? Um, but no, no but I, I think, I think Apple clearly putting way less emphasis on design and putting a lot more on function. <laughs> that's, that's a good no, no, thing. I, 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 hmm. I find it interesting the way that you phrase that. I don't think it, 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 it less emphasis. On, I, I, I feel like you would get like you, uh, whoever, what's the, is it John die? Alan die something. I, th- I think you saying it, it lacks it like consideration on design. It would would get you very angry stares from Apple people. But I do think what's very interesting about it is I and I can't find a way to get a good picture on Apple's website. But on the front of it, one it still ha- so they it has a card slot on it. Yeah. Unfortunately, it is not a CF Express card slot, so it's a card slot I will not be using very soon. But it's got two because again, the only one I'm going to be thinking about is the M1 Ultra one the the front ports are thunderbolt four ports if you oh, get the lower end one you're we'll oh, get we'll oh, get there oh, okay the, the the other one is just a standard 10 gigabit usb3 port um and then it's got an X, a sdxc slot and honestly it's probably not even a uhs2 reader so it's not even a fast sd card reader but whatever but on the back of it why why is it so hard to use I'm very happy they brought back store.apple.com, but I was so used to it the other way. Now it's actually kind of hard. But if you look in the back, it's got. Uh, if I hope people are sitting down from this, or if they're if they're in their car, pull over. It has two USB A ports on it. Mm-hmm. It has an HDMI port thingy. Yep. It's got a headphone jack, which Apple calls a Pro Audio jack. Because of course you do. <laughs> it's got a 10 gigabit Ethernet port, which is which is good. I, I appreciate that there is no configuration that doesn't have that. Because mm-hmm. in the iMac, or sorry, in the, it, isn't like in the, in the iMac 24 inch, you had to pay extra for that. And I think on the Mac mini, you also do as well. And then it's got um, a bunch of USB-C ports, which again, depending on processor configuration, may or may not be, they may or may not all be USB 3 or Thunderbolt 4. But overall, the port configuration thing on this looks pretty good. During the, uh, shout out to friend of the sh- friend of the upgrade show but also friend of our show colleen novielli who has been kind of leading the desktop mac product team and all the introductions over the past couple of years had a very good presentation of explaining how this computer is a computer made for people who like computers which which i appreciate but yeah it's it's, it's got ports and they did a good thing about, they they showed how it is meant to be cooled very effectively so it's hopefully not a loud or hot computer oh it's it's ugly but it's seems like a decent computer mm-hmm. anyway sorry do you have something else before we talk about pricing slash configurations well, I, I guess the the one thing i want to go back to is is the um 
comparison to the studio display and the 27 inch iMac. Yeah. You got this best buy page up. I do. Uh-huh. So I guess the, so the thing I would, so like, I, I don't, I don't totally disagree with your point. Um, the, I guess the thing I would sort of point out though, is like this base model that you're comparing it to that's 1800 has a computer attached to it. But it's like barely a computer. It's it's got a 256 SSD. Like I, I get it, but it is a full fudging no, computer. No, I understand. Two hundred dollars more, right? But I, I, I feel like even for a very light touch user, this would be a computer that you'd grow out of pretty fast. So okay. and and and. When you start specking up the old 27-inch iMac, you you pretty quickly get way way above a studio display price. So, I like again, I don't think your I don't think your points totally invalid, but saying it's a little misleading. I think no, it is not saying that. Hey, if you spec up a, a thing to be a very high high end computer, it ends up costing more than just a screen. That I well, but think no, that's but even the case so, you think it is. But 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 it's not that though, because even if you all if if all you do is is upgrade the SSD to to a whopping five twelve, you're already it goes at up to two grand. Uh huh. The, the studio display I want is two thousand dollars. Well, but well, <laughs> so I I would I would really really push back against comparisons between the Mac Studio and the the previous twenty seven inch iMac. To to me the the studio the only thing you can compare that to is the iMac Pro. No, because well, but no. from a from a performance perspective. But no, but we're talking about a screen that that's literally on top about. Oh, I, I thought I thought you I thought you were talking about the computer now. The, no, the, no, I I am I, I am literally like like because the the iMac that I'm standing in front of I think I, I upgraded it in 2019 just because I wanted something a little bit faster and I was outgrowing like my. I I kind of ran, run my original 5K iMac into the ground, and I had only at that time, I think I bought it in 2015, I only got the 500 gig SSD, which was just too small. But like, I, I, I'm your point that if you make the previous gen iMac a better computer, that it costs more than just a screen. Like, I, I just don't think that's a compelling point. Well, no, but it, I, my point is that it starts costing way more. Well, because there's a computer. My, my, but I guess I guess what I'm saying is that even if you marginally upgrade this base 27 inch iMac, you're you're rapidly approaching the cost of the studio display plus something like no. the M1 Mac Mini, oh, and oh, okay. and you're and you'd you'd be getting a way way better setup if you went with the Mac Mini and studio display. My point is that. For sixteen hundred dollars, which is the base studio display, for two hundred dollars more, a week ago you could have had a full computer. Mm. Yes, I, you could. I mean, it's technically a true statement. A but full computer. It had a, a core, core i five with a two fifty six SSD and eight gigabytes of RAM. Sure. I mean, okay, fine. For two hundred dollars. Sure. I just think that, like, and here's the thing: I would have zero problems with this if the screen was any better like you can lie like they could have said when i pulled up the page and they're like it's a 5k 27 inch display i was like there's no fucking way it's the exact same screen and then i I do some googling it's the exact same screen Mm -hmm. for that much money 
sure, it has a camera, a webcam that sucks less. Cool. Again, it and Elmo can go get a room. Like it's Sp- like spatial audio though. <sighs> <laughs> All right, we were supposed to be talking about the computer now. We're talking. Anyway, I think it's fine. Like I- I'm an idiot. I'm gonna buy it. Like because I I don't want. Uh, like a, a a lousy or like not even lousy it's probably technically a better screen oh. uh, like a uh, like a dell ultra sharp monitor on my desk like that's fun like i i i, I okay like... this the, i say I, i'm dying to talk about like your your particular configuration and take on this so okay so i'm i'm actually before we get into your studio config I, this is this is the thing i just been wanting to, to throw at you for sure. since this has been announced to me, like to this, this would be like this would be my absolute dream setup if I could somehow swing this and make this my setup. I I don't I don't know why you wouldn't just buy a studio display, connect your awesome 14 inch MacBook Pro to it, and call it a day. Because like by all accounts, external display support with with oh. the M1 series of chips is like phenomenal, and so it just seems like. If you could have your primary best computer be both your laptop and your desktop, and when you had it at your desktop, you had it connected to the same great display that you've been looking at on your 5K iMac, to me, that just seems like such a no-brainer. No, so I I was talking to somebody online about this, and let me bring up the email I sent them. So, uh, and this goes goes back to our cheap cigar conversation. So I wrote, uh, "Quote talking to Guy Fieri a little bit." So uh, I wrote, "Quote if your budget permits, I'd say this is probably quote why not both situation." I'm a huge fan of having a desktop quote unquote workstation that's always there, always on, always ready to go with a big screen. I like having an entirely separate laptop that is meant to be mobile and doesn't get docked. That allows me to have a 14-inch laptop than, say, a 16-inch laptop that I might choose if I only had a laptop. Uh, The nice... And blah, 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 blah. But, like, I want to have a laptop that can just go and a desktop that is... I just press the space bar. It's already connected to my NAS. It already has Lightroom open. Like, everything is... Like, I like having a computer that's ready. And a laptop that I use whenever I need to. I I don't the the docking the Cal Digit Thunderbolt dock lifestyle thing does not appeal to me whatsoever. But you but but you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't, I don't. I don't but you want, wouldn't even need a, a hub. But thing. any of it, I don't. I don't want my windows resized. I want my thing. I like my things the way I like my things. Man, I no. I, I don't know. That seems like I mean I. I take your point with things like the NAS and things like that, but I just, I like I it know. being on. Like, this is the thing whenever Jason Snell talks about the fact that he turns his iMac off all the time. Oh, it terrifies me. No, like I, I like a, I like a big, a big fast computer that is ready to be a computer when I need to be a computer. Cause what's a computer? No, I know what a computer is. It's my iMac. Uh, man, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't get it. I I just I think you're a studio display away from having just like no the dream setup. But no. All right. So okay. So right, so we've got that point out of the way. So talk to me about what your studio config would be. I, I actually I haven't gone through the configurator on this. So I'm kind of it's excited 40, to do it's this. It's forty four hundred dollars. Um. So well, no, yeah, I'm not surprised. So, by well, because the only other thing is that is that this it's this decision between 64 and 128 gigs of RAM. It's it's that's perplexing and kind of annoying. But I'm not I'm not going to do that. So so, you, so why, why would you not... so why the why the ultra? I guess that's my first question. 
because 20 cores. But so like for, for you, I, I intend to have this computer for so long, but like so for, I, but for your uses, like, would, would, would you, would you really be able to tell the difference between a max and an ultra? Uh, kind of. Cause I, because it's, it, cause it's a, it's a big upgrade, right? Like, isn't it not really, isn't so it at is, a minimum like 1400? So, so are you at apple.com slash buy slash max studio? Mm-hmm. So yeah. hold hold down the command key and then click select on both models. It's going to open them in new tabs. Okay. And then you go to the Mac Studio. So if you then get like an M1 Max with slight, like do the $200 upgrade on, on so the, take the low end configuration. Get, get the one with, with no broken cores. Yeah. Uh, the the non bin one or whatever. <laughs> yep. Then bump it to 64 gigs and then bump the SSD to the same thing. To the, what one one terabyte? Two, two terabytes is what I'm going to do. Oh, okay, yeah. So, okay, yeah. So then the price difference between them is twelve hundred dollars. Because then, so you need need to do just the two terabyte on mm-hmm. the ultra. So yeah. you're at forty three ninety nine versus, versus thirty two. Well, yeah. So that's what I'm saying is it's it's twelve hundred dollars. Like that's it's not two thousand. But that's I mean that's I mean man, I want like that, that that's. I mean, I that's a quarter of the price, though. That's a pretty big difference. And you're, and you're again, the one the, again, complaining the, the about guy that, that was pushing for monitor. A, 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 you were the one just defending it a minute ago as being the best value in America. <laughs> anyway, I, 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 I want a fast computer. That's it. Okay. Again, I, I, I don't like waiting on computers. I like something that's super okay. Fast. So, so then, it's, and okay. the one thing that they have done in in Creative Cloud or Creative Suite is that. They've gotten better at paralyzing certain operations. If I'm doing like a 300 photo export or something, like it, it, it knows how to do concurrent stuff and effectively leverage that. You are correct. If I'm just editing a single photo of something, there's only so much that can be parallelized in that way. That is fair. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the the ultra and like, I mean, I'm I'm by no means normally like a a chip nerd. I I kind of. I kind of snooze a little bit usually through like Apple's more technical explanations of the M1 stuff, but like the the whole like combination of two M1 Max chips together and like the the special connector they made to make that all fast and, and and to make it all look like one processor to software so that you know you don't have to like rewrite your your app to be able to take advantage of it like all that stuff is like is rad. So like I mean the Ultra is cool, but I don't know. I'm I, I'm I'm that, I'm surprised by that. Why not? Why, why not? I mean, I, I guess my point is, and again, <laughs> I remember. So I, I told you offline that I was I was making a budget for a variety of things in terms of I forget what I called the tab, uh, like upcoming or like near term expenses. I had budgeted and budgeted budgeted in forty eight hundred for what I thought a new iMac Pro was going to be. But that, and, and well, that but, but that but that was that's totally. How is it that, different? Because the it old one not. started at five thousand. There was no way so that then, Apple so, was going to cut. So actually, here, so that was the other thing I was going to push back on is that what you really wanted was a replacement for the iMac Pro. Sure, but but the iMac the 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 Intel iMac Pro started at five K. Mm-hmm. Not not the screen resolution five thousand dollars. And there, there, there's a zero percent chance, zero percent chance that Apple was going to come out with a new equivalent that was going to be less than that. Like at best, it would be the same starting price. But even that I was do, probably a stretch. I do not see your point. Well, so you budgeted, you budgeted, budgeted comp- forty eight hundred. So you budgeted assuming that it would be less than the current model, and that doesn't make sense. 
I think they might have gone a little bit cheaper with the M1. I think they would have done, they they, they done, done a thing else. where that we, to get the one that you want, it would have you would have had to have done a thing. But again, I I I, I, I accept your point and don't I don't take it. I, I overruled. <laughs> Anyway, again, I, I, this, this is fine. And I'm still like, I'm going to sell this iMac. I'm going to go to Mac me an offer or whatever the thing is. I always sell my Macs too. And again, net of getting rid of the computer I currently have, it's fine. Wait, but so, okay. So, so, you, so you're, you'll eventually get a studio. What are you going to connect it to? The fucking studio display. <laughs> what, what else am I going to do? <laughs> right. I'm well, a, I mean, go, I, I, to... I think you just connect your laptop to it and call it a day. But... No. no. I mean, I guess actually, so the one thing I'll give you credit for with your thought process here is that if you did just get a studio with a Max, then then my point would be, well, you just basically bought your laptop again. Yeah. But, so at I want, least... I want a computer that's faster. Yeah. So I guess at least at least if you're going to make a bad decision, you just, just go it's all the way with it. not a bad decision. <laughs> uh, man, you could save yourself a lot of money. For a setup that's ninety eight percent is it's, good, it's not. And here's the thing: I, I like. I would actually I, say just as good, but I'll, I enjoy like having two computers at once. <sighs> I like the fact that I can, uh, in my cozy apartment, to have two entirely separate OS ten computing experiences by walking thirty steps in between the two. That I can have my my laptop at the dinner table and then walk to my desk and then be doing different things on them but having two oh distinct computers that's i a, like having a computer i like having a, such an old man thing i like having a like a workstation that you walk up to i don't know well, i don't like the laptop as desktop thing i mean i never it, have i've tried it multiple times i don't like that, it. that the thing I, I mean the thing i won't argue against is I mean, if that you know that this is the john syracuse and mac pro thing like if it makes you happy man like not it's 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 not a frivolous thing you're you're just i the equivalency of of a laptop as a desktop is not it's not that i I just i'm like i don't like resizing my windows (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right it's it's like pretend I, i don't know like if if somebody went into your kitchen and they just like anytime you left the kitchen and came back all your utensils were like in shrunk down in a 40 percent different spot than they were like wouldn't that piss you off now with the new the new housemate i might be dealing with that at some point so we'll find out yeah it'd be like if like her arts table was always being moved around and you like hit your foot on it every time <laughs> because your stuff's not where you wanted it to be it's not where it was who says it doesn't happen now exactly and maybe if you have if you had a desktop mac it would be fine oh man um all right. So you, you said that the thing that you were waffling a bit between was the the, the one twenty eight RAM thing. Actually, so uh, command uh, command space activity monitor. I have Lightroom and Photoshop open, Skype, Slack, everything. I am currently using fifty point two six gigabytes of RAM. Yeah. So if yeah, this if this is like your long long term computer, I, yeah, I could see how that's. But that's it's a, that's eight, a tough decision. If it was not eight hundred dollars, yeah. Eight hundred dollars is a lot of money. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, so that's that's six, tough. Sixty four with two gigs of RAM, or with with two terabytes of space. Yeah. It's I a, mean, yeah. I mean, hey, man, that would be that would be a super super great computer. The, I mean, the other thing though, I'd throw out at you, which will be my last my last point on this topic, which is 
I would, I, so I would think here would be my suggestion for you. Buy the studio display. Tr- just give no. the give the no. laptop thing a try. Well, but here's the thing. But then like, I'm just gonna buy a second laptop. I'm not gonna well, do it. I mean that. I mean that wouldn't be the worst thing either. But it would be. <laughs> but like, I mean, I, I to me, like, if you just buy the studio display for now, it that doesn't in any way. You give the like not give you the option to to go forward with your original plan. You totally could, but but I don't want to. Before you go out and spend over four thousand dollars, it seems like it'd be worth trying. No. All right. Have you ever? Uh, you're not a Simpsons fan, are you? No. There's a thing where Ned Flan. Do you know who Ned Flanders is? Yes. He, his parents were, they, they were explaining why Ned Flanders is the way that he is. And he, his parents go into a therapist's office and, and apparently he's a very rambunctious child. And they walk into the therapist's office and say, uh, we've tried nothing and we're all out of ideas. That's basically us. I'm not going to try this idea. And it just, no, I, I like my, I like my plan. Okay. Although apparently yeah. on this computer, I, I have a two terabyte SSD and I only have 400 gigabytes left over. Apparently I need to clean up Lightroom. I was gonna. Th- I don't need a four terabyte SSD, but I did not know I had that little space. All right. Anyway, so that's that's that. We've already kind of talked about. So anyway, like the computer. I'm. I'm. It, if we talk about the computer philosophically, or like how it fits into this, I didn't really expect that this would be the route that they would go. I really thought it was going to be a new revised iMac. I do think this is more flexible, and Apple seems to have been very, very resistant to the idea of making a computer like this and a friend of the show jason snell had a, a recent byline in the verge of talking about kind of the um for like a couple of decades there's always been kind of the there hasn't been something that's in between the imac and the mac pro or power mac g5 for a very long time and there's always been kind of this rumor of like this mid-range tower or what might that be um so yeah that was a very interesting article but yeah, I didn't think this was going to be the way that they go, and I, but I do think it works. It, oh, it, yeah, to- totally, right? Because people who want this class of computer, it makes way more sense for them to have the display separate from the computer. Like an all-in-one for a high-end machine, I don't think's really ever made sense. Well, and it just was kind of like this weird thing. So like, I guess this this allows the Mac Pro to be as pro as it needs to be, but like the Mac Pro, like... ignoring the money part of it like the mac pro is just too big a computer for me like it's just it's just a non-starter in multiple ways where this allows apple to get more money out of me and make and honestly like make me a happier mac user by offering kind of a high performance but kind of in the grand scheme of things mid-range computer is makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. oh again it's ugly but it's okay so I like like in summary like you you actually like think all of this is 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 pretty great but your your quibble is that the display is too expensive. If, but like everything else yeah, about the, it you cor- seem like you're in favor of. Yeah, I mean it's fine. Like I want I, like the, the M, M1's a fast computer and I want a really fast computer and I I I like Macs and if if that's what it takes to get Apple to treat the Mac like a computer and to not think the ipad is the future then that's fine my complaint so let's just let's so two things before we get to the studio display uh the 5k i'm the 5k imac is discontinued it is gone from the store 
and basically and you talked about this when i when i got back and had not watched the keynote or read anything about it i was like so wait did they and you said like the 5k imac is dead or like did they actually say that and you said they almost did and i watched the keynote and then basically say they kind of did they said like mm-hmm. yeah i, I, I forget how they phrased it but they were like no i, I don't we, think we, we have this. we have one we have one more mac to go no, but they, they even said something else where they're like, well, they, like we they, like people have been using the twenty seven inch iMac for this, and now we think this is more. They said something. Well, they, well, they they like when they, at the very beginning of announcing the studio and studio display, that the way they framed it was that you know these pro consumers of ours have said they want modularity, meaning you know a separate display from a computer. So like once once you sort of make that your your go forward premise for what this type of buyer wants like go you, forward. you uh you you can't go back to to an all-in-one computer as being an option for your pros anymore and the one thing that i like about i've never been a dual screen person but i've never understood how somebody can do dual displays and one of them is an imac screen like having dual displays but not having them both be the same thing has always felt so weird mm-hmm. where this makes sense and the one part that i do appreciate okay so now let's get back to the studio display um it so the pricing we've talked about it has three customizable components to yeah, it uh-huh. which um oh remember when people talked about the the xdr display pricing oh yeah it's it's the same but it's different so um let me see if i can where, let me bring it up um do, 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 to scroll all the way over all right studio display order now so you can get the standard glass or the nano texture glass i thought about it apparently nano texture doesn't actually matter it's it's more difficult to clean so actually that's actually an easy decision oh, standard then it has the same tilt adjustable stand which basically makes it exactly like an imac where you get 30 degrees of just kind of uh, rotation on like an axis or whatever um i'm not a physicist um and then you get the thing where you can do it at a height as well and it's supposed to be the thing where like oh it floats effortlessly or whatever so that option for the nice stand is an extra 400 dollars. but they also do have it out of the box without like any weird you have to send it back to apple or buy some weird kit where you can have it uh, a visa mount like kind of like the the jason snell approach and i just seeing that as an option from the minute you order it I actually think is very, very promising and kind of cool. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think if if somehow I was in a situation where this made sense for me, I I, I think I would do the the, the face amount. Yeah, you seem, you seem like kind of like one of the, like I feel like if you were designing it from scratch and you ever did adopt the idea of like a desktop setup that you would you would be kind of like an ergo guy or you'd maybe like want to have something that was like maybe standing if you if you were able to uh, design your ideal office. I think you might go like standing desk or, or go mount. Oh, I, I, I totally would. But I think even just like just more generally with the VESA mount option, it, it just seems like it gives you so much more flexibility. Literally. And, <laughs> I mean, yeah, literally, right. Like, whereas, I mean, the, the tilt adjustable stand that it comes with is just such a non-starter because it's just too low. Um, like John Syracuse actually had a really good breakdown of this on ATP where he, in a very John Syracusean kind of way, because his whole thing is that the, the 5k iMac has always been too low. And so he did a comparison between it and the studio display and the studio display is even lower than the, the 
the 5k iMac is by by a little bit mm. so that that just sounds no good um and the you know the height adjustable stand like yeah i mean that looks that looks really nice but like i mean 400 extra bucks for that is wasn't it a thousand on the xdr yeah yeah uh, um whereas like you can just you can go the vase amount option and it well, I, I, you couldn't you couldn't even spend, i was gonna say cost? you could could you even spend four hundred dollars on a vesa arm if you tried like it seems like that'd be <laughs> i'm gonna the, guess that a good v, uh, mount arm is like 150 to 200 dollars. that's that's what i would guess too and, you, and you're going to end up with something that's that's way nicer than the the height adjustable stand so yeah that that totally seems like a no a no-brainer yeah but anyway like i i just my it's just too much money for what is very old technology i if let, let's say we were living in a different reality and this screen was $3,000, but it was actually better, I, you would not be hearing a peep out of me. Well, that apparently don't, the, rumor, don't. the rumors <sighs> are pointing towards that potentially being what's going to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, there's all, there's all these rumors now around basically like a Studio Pro display that would be kind of the same idea as the, as the Studio display, but probably have like the high refresh rate stuff with what Apple calls promotion and maybe HDR. Cause I mean, the, I guess the other thing too, just as like a slight rebuttal to your display pricing complaints, like when you, and it's like, like to bring up Syracuse again, like he's been all over this too. Like if you look at the Dells and LGs and whoever else of the world, like, I mean, to begin with, 5k displays are pretty few and far between but even when you can find them like there there's no there's no 5k display that has you know any better features than the studio display does for for the same you know for the same amount or less money so it's not like the studio display is like way more expensive than its but, peers well let me so let me send you a link so you go to dell so they have a 4k display well, that's, it's I mean, 400, so, that's $405. Well, well, so that's, I guess, I mean, so in, I guess, sort of like to, to back up your point for a minute about the studio, the display being really expensive. Like I, so I'm sitting in front of a display very similar to this one that you just sent me. It's, it's a 4k 27 inch Dell display. It's not this exact same model, but it, it seems like it's very similar that, that has HDR. And I mean, I, as someone who as you know, Carlos is, is generally pretty picky about displays and TVs, etc. I I think this Dell monitor that I have is is really really nice, um, and I I've never had a 5K screen, so I I guess I I can't tell you if there if I would notice a big difference between 4K and 5K, but yeah, I mean I I think this this Dell monitor is 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 great. So I, mean, so I guess that's that's my point. Like it, it it's the screen that I've already I've bought twice in the past because it was attached to a computer. Like if it was better, it could cost more. But because it is the same thing, and it costs almost as much as an entire computer. Like that's the part where I just think I I think that's lame. I I don't know. Like I don't have a, a 
And this was the thing that they talked about on Upgrade that I kind of agree with, but kind of didn't. It's that everybody's just been saying, well, Apple, just just like everybody loves the iMac, just, just put the screen in a thing and just sell it to us, and we'd be th- lining up to give you the... Yes, but for a thousand or twelve hundred or eleven ninety nine, sixteen hundred for what is the same screen? Mm, I'm still gonna buy it, but 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 I mean I mean meh. yeah, I mean I guess th- yeah, I mean the, the part that I would like, I I guess we're agreeing on this, even though I don't think this is really even an option for you, but like to me. The question is like, is the studio display and the experience that you would get with it twelve hundred dollars better than this Dell display? Well, yeah, I mean, well, just because like I'm not, I don't want to take a resolution dip. Like I, I like it's just I. This is a screen I know, and like I still, I, I still resent the price that's being offered to me, at, and I know it's a bad value, but like no, and I don't want just kind of like a plasticky dell monitor on my desk and i and i know people like listening would be like well then there it is worth it to you but it's not though like it, it just because there's not an option that fits like if if dell was like hey let's make this cost 20 percent more and make it not feel shitty like i know pc users don't care but like it's just it, it's the knowing it's priced so poorly that bugs me the only thing that I will give it that I am excited about is that I did, because uh, I don't do many video calls on my MacBook Pro, just because nor- normally that's like a, a work computer thing. The webcam, even though it's it, it's lagged so far behind, the the webcam uh, on the newer Apple stuff that's got the, that uses the, uh, the A-series processor to do some image processing on it, it, it is considerably better than it used to be. So I guess that is the one saving grace of this, but still no. That you know, that was the other I, I thought really disappointing part of the studio display announcement was they they kind of started by mentioning that it had an A13 in it, which I immediately thought meant like, oh shoot, this thing's gonna have face ID. That's awesome. Mm. But no, it doesn't. And that, that A13 appears to only be used for, yeah, the the image processing on the webcam and also to power Spatial you know everybody's yeah everybody's favorite uh, spatial audio, which seems like a just a bad use of an A13 processor. But oh yeah, well. I mean, I, I, I whatever. But it's yeah, I, 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 but I am very firmly in the camp that I don't think Face ID would be good on computers, and I have zero preference for that. So actually, that that I don't, I don't care about. I, I don't think you should be able to walk up to a computer and know and. It, I think you have to should be like it should be touch ID or you enter a password. A device like a phone, base ID makes sense, not a computer. So everybody agrees with me, but so are you? Are you gonna wait until June now? Because I, I, no, I, I'm, I, I'm waiting until Friday to see if if it's in stock anywhere. Otherwise, well, like no matter what, I'm yes, I am getting this. But I'm gonna hopefully because I missed the pre- the pre order window. I really hope just just lie to me and tell me that like right after it was immediately back ordered like three months, and that the four days I wasn't there that it didn't didn't cost me two months. Because the because the 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 answer for you would be like if if a pro studio display was available today for yeah let's say like three thousand that had ProMotion and HDR, you'd you'd buy that. If if there was a good monitor available, yes, I would buy the good monitor. 
Man, you're really, not, between between that and your config of the studio computer. That no, that's, no, hush, hush. That's, no, it's a lot. It's not. <laughs> you, you, again, uh, as we talked about offline, you're, you're you're buying Blue Barn every three days. That 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 <laughs> that, that, that that yeah that 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 buys a lot of studio displays. Mm. I am very, I I am, I I am when I'm not going places. I'm very frugal about many things. <sighs> anyway, it's 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 fine. We'll 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 see how it goes. But again, like I just don't replace computers very often. Like I I don't intend to replace this laptop for an extremely long amount of time. Yeah, the I I do think one of the tricky things though with these the M1 processor line is it does feel like Apple is is probably teeing up a, a much faster um, I don't think so, because because you have to you have to think about the performance gains that have existed in the phones, because that's basically what they're scaled up versions of. And if somehow the iPhone 13 was blazingly faster than the iPhone 12 or 11, I would worry about that. But most of the performance gains that have been made compared to the original M1 processor has been scaling it up, parallelization, and like more cores. I just don't think the m2 pro like i i just don't think there's going to be a year on year it's this one's literally twice as fast i just don't think no that's gonna be the no case. Pro- probably not anything like that but I, I guess what i'm saying is that if you spend you know the, the type of money you're looking to spend on a computer and if in 18 months there's a version that's say 20 percent faster or 25 percent faster don't for care. the same price that's don't care I don't know. I, because I think, that's, I think that's, that's been tough. the case with the Intel stuff. Like, I, I didn't care when, like, because in the 2015 one, I got whatever with the, the quad core i7 that was the fastest at the time, and then they released a new one, and that one was, like, 27% faster. Like, who cares? Hmm. All right. It's that the M1 is, because of various reasons, is the way it handles certain instructions. It One, it just, it's not even that it's faster. It feels faster because it is able to instantly respond to certain things. Like, that's most of it. Yeah, I, I do not think I, I would be mad if in nine to twelve months there was something that was even thirty three percent faster. About thirty four percent faster. That's when I'd get mad. Okay. Okay. I'd be driving down to uh, the two eighty to Cupertino, and I would be raising hell. <laughs> All right. Anyway, computers. Hmm. Oh, and then one, one last bit. Uh. I did uh, mention when I think I was around when they were there was that like nine to five Mac leak about the naming. And I was like, oh, the studio display. That's weird that they would name it that because uh, Microsoft has the Surface Studio. But then I thought about it. And no, actually, before the Apple cinema displays, Apple's flat screen lineup was called the studio display. Yeah, I had I had forgotten about that. Yeah. So. It's not. It's not unprecedented at all. It's very precedented. Mm-hmm. All right. We got anything else? <sighs> I, I I think that I think that covers it. So so to recap your plan here. On Friday, you're going to check in to see what if our if our local Apple store has both the display and the computer. I don't. I don't care. Or I mean, or, I mean so here's the thing. The one part about living in the Bay Area that's nice is that there's like 15 Apple stores within like 30 miles. So you're gonna you're gonna check those. 
Or I mean, I'm, I think it's I, I'll uh, they, the Apple Store app will show you who has what nearby. But if it's not, whatever, it'll it'll be what it is, and it's fine. So what what if what if you're able to find the computer but not the display? The display, even if I had to order it, ships much sooner. Like I think that one, I don't, I close the tab, but I think that ships like April like twentieth or something. Like it's not that much more back ordered. So I would, if if the computer was available, I would yeah, I would just buy just, the computer. Just keep the computer in a box for a couple of weeks and or, or I'd hook it up to my OLED. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, that's true. You could do that. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be like the back of the days when people would stick their Mac Minis up to it'd be the it'd be the fastest home theater PC anymore. <laughs> you need twenty cores for to play Steam. I don't know. <laughs> All right, we shall see. And yeah, no, you you were buying nothing except maybe a watch band. I, 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 yeah, I bought I bought the bright green watch band. Um, no, I mean unfortunately for me, like the this i mean the the mac studio for as cool as i think it is 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 like way more than what i would need and well, you just don't have a separate mac or really want that i mean yeah, like you know money and space being no object like sure like that would be potentially kind of neat for the for the reasons you've outlined but no that that just not it's not a high priority for me um and then you know like like a challenge for me with like the studio display again like one is just that like i'm pretty happy with this dell monitor i have so like i don't sit down at my desk every day and think like oh i gotta look at this crappy display like i'm sure the studio display would be nicer but you know i I, this dell monitor is, is pretty nice um and the big thing for me that it offers is, you know, it, it it's cross compatible between my Mac and the lady friend's, you know, Windows laptop because we share this workspace. And so, you know, the studio dis- the, the the studio display I think technically might work too, but it would be kind of a be kind of a weird might be kind of a weird um, setup because I, I think. Because the so the thing with like this Dell monitor that's nice is that you can customize the USB data connection speed, which because because it, it's a USB C monitor, and so what that means is that you can set it to do USB two point speeds, which then allows the lady friend's laptop to still do four K at sixty hertz if you put it into the the usb 3 data speeds like my mac can still do 4k at 60 hertz and support that usb speed but her laptop gets bumped down to like 24 hertz or something can i ask a dumb question why would yeah. it get slower by using a faster connection type? well because it, it's all about the amount of bandwidth available on whatever usb c or thunderbolt port the computer has oh wait so does the monitor itself have usb ports and exactly it's, yeah oh, okay, so, okay so the amount it's it's reserving a certain amount for io for the it, usb got it. it exactly yeah and i i'm almost certain that the studio display would have no such options like that um I mean, so so it just it just wouldn't be it wouldn't be a good technical fit for our setup. And so the thing for me with a monitor, right, is like if I like if I really wanted to replace my monitor, 
the direction I would want to go would be something that that supports higher refresh rates for when I have it. Because I the other thing that's I also use this monitor for, of course, is my Windows desktop PC. So if I could get something that supports higher refresh rates, that's better for um, games that I play on that desktop PC. So the the mm-hmm. studio display would do me would do me no good for that either. Plus, plus like you you can't really run any games in five K resolution anyway. So, um, so yeah, the display is not really the the right fit for me, and, and the computer's not either. Mm-hmm. But I do like my my dream setup would be a workspace where I had one of these fancy new um, MacBook Pros and the studio display. Like the, for me, that would be that would be sweet. Yeah, didn't you used to have uh, whatever the last time Apple made a standalone screen that wasn't a cinema display? I did. Yeah, I I, I bought that. Um, I bought that when we were in college. I think um, shortly after I bought my first Mac, um, and that that was that was great. That was really really nice. Um, and I I had that for quite a while. All right, just specials. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I feel like this has got to be mine this week, given how many times I I mentioned them uh, downstream. Yeah, it's it's um really really good podcast. <sighs> Highly recommend, and it's nice because how long it's, are they? It's, it's only like an hour, and it's every other week, so pretty pretty low mm-hmm. commitment. Have they kind of gotten their groove? I remember the first one felt didn't feel. I like she she's she's good like no i really like again she used to do what's her name julia alexander yeah she used to do um uh she was a frequent guest on uh the recode media podcast and, like i really like her but i i felt like the chemistry maybe wasn't there with jason on the first I, episode i think they're kind of still sorting it out but mm-hmm. the 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 discussion is so good that i, I i'm willing to look past yeah. maybe some of that some of that stuff yeah. No, I mean they're they're both super astute and well, like uh, students of this type of subject matter. So yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, because uh, I'm trying to save people money for the Mac Studio that they're all gonna get. Uh, I got nothing this week, so 